Romans chapter 8 this evening. We'll pray about these requests at the end of the service tonight. Romans chapter 8. Chapter 8. And uh, we're going to start, we're going to pick up in verse number 14 is where we'll begin tonight. And I want to deal with the subject of overcoming worry. Uh, the Lord just led me in that direction tonight. And uh, maybe you struggle with that from time to time. Maybe you're struggling with it now. Um, but I pray to give us some th things tonight that will help us. Uh, in Romans chapter 8, we'll start in verse 14. And just follow along with me. Uh, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ, if so be that we suffer with him, that we may be also glorified together. For I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. For the earnest expectation of the creature waiteth for the manifestation of the sons of God. For the creature was made subject to vanity, not willingly, but by reason of him who hath subjected the same in hope. Because the creature itself also shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groaneth and travaileth in pain together until now. And not only they, but ourselves also, which have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, waiting for the adoption to wit, the redemption of our body. For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Look at verse 31. What shall we then say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Father, as we come together tonight in this midweek service, Lord, I've prayerfully studied your word. And uh, Father, you've allowed me, you've led me, uh, to come to this subject tonight of worry. We live in a culture, we live in a society where we have just about everything we could ask for, but we also have a life filled with worries and concerns that weigh heavily upon our mind, our body, and our spirit. And I pray tonight that you would help me to help your church, and uh, God, that you would provide the direction as we need as we go through this message tonight. I pray for our teenagers and uh, as they're being ministered to tonight, 
and that you'd help Pastor Johnny as he preaches the word to them. And then I also pray for our children uh, who are meeting over in Kids Zone area tonight, uh, that you would bless their time together, bless those who are being discipled over our campus, as well as those in the nursery tonight. We're thankful for those who are faithfully serving you and a part of your ministry and part of your work. And we give you the praise and glory for it all. In Jesus' name, amen. So the terms worry, worries, and worried are not found in our Bibles, but terms such as fear, fret, trouble, tribulations are. And the truth is they are the fruit of living in a sin-cursed world and walking in a corrupted body. That is why we groan within ourselves waiting for the adoption, waiting for the redemption of our body where we get out of this robe of flesh and receive an incorruptible body raised up for God's glory. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul testified of the struggle between the flesh and the spirit and how they are contrary the one to the other. You're in Romans, turn to your right, Romans 1st and 2nd Corinthians and Galatians chapter number 5 and read with me tonight beginning in verse number 19. So the flesh and the spirit, they're always at battle one with the other. And they hinder us from doing the things that we should. And so in verse 19, Paul writes here that the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, and such like. There is a list of sins that are a fruit, they're a product of living in the flesh and trying to fulfill the lusts and the desires of the flesh or just wanting something that really isn't never meant for us to have. And all of which produce trouble in our lives and as a result, really, they offer reasons for us to worry. Okay, If you commit sin, you have that guilt, you have that worry. Is someone going to find out? If, and what's the fruit of it going to be? And so those are just reasons why we worry so often. Pastor Charles Allen offered some reasons why many people do not have a blessed inner peace in his book, In Quest of God's Power. And one of those reasons, he said, is we worry about things we do not have and become dissatisfied with the things that we do. And to me, that sums up the American culture, doesn't it? There is a reason why storage facilities is a profitable business. We have so much stuff, we just got to find a place to put it all, right? I was listening to a comedian one day. And he was talking about arguing with his little girl, who was under the age of five. He took her to the toy store, all right? And he was going to buy her something. And uh, she found a little push toy that uh, was, uh, was on display, and she grabbed it, and she kind of pushed it around the store. 
and they walk through the store, and she's just pushing it, and she really liked it. And she says, Daddy, I want this toy. And so he went back to the toy aisle, and he found that toy in a brand new box and was going to buy that for her. And he was putting the display back, and she said, No, Daddy, I want this toy. And he says, he's trying to explain himself to a four-year-old. And he says, I'm buying you this toy. She says, no, you're not. I want this toy. And he says, this toy has been pushed around the store. It's dirty. It's, it's, it's the, the new is wore off. I'm getting you a brand new one that no one has touched. She says, I don't want that one, Daddy. I want the new one. And so Daddy puts his foot down. He's not going to let her win this war. And so he puts the display model back. He grabs the one in the box. And he purchased it, and he carried it home, and the little girl would never play with it. And he began to think within himself, who exactly just won this battle? You know, who just won this? And it's, it's, that's often how we pursue life. We, we think of what we don't have, and we're ne- we're, we, we are easy to lose our gratefulness over the things that we do have. And so we're always worried about what we're missing out on. And uh, uh, another reason we uh, lose our inner peace is we develop a crisis psychology. Everything is always in crisis mode. We're always in a frantic. We put things off until we're pushing to get there on time. We're, we're, always, uh, we're always in a mode where uh, we're frantic, we're frazzled, we're frustrated, we're yelling, we're upset. There, we lose our peace in that way. Uh, the truth is, uh, crisis is a part of life, okay? It's been rightly said, you're either going into a storm, you're in a storm, or you're coming out of a storm, all right? Because the truth is, every car will eventually break down. It's going to break down, all right? And when it happens, I've heard it many times before, why is this happening to me? Buddy, it happens to everybody. It's just, it's just going to happen. Appliances are going to fail. Our dishwasher right now suddenly doesn't have power. And I pulled it out last night, and I got power. I can't figure out what's wrong with it. But I'm going to tell you something. When you have a wife who's having to do the dishes, you get in crisis mode. All right? Think, we're going to get sick. We're going to get sick. Our health is going to fail us from time to time. But we must be careful not to make a crisis out of every unhappy experience that comes along. Paul, writing from a prison cell, said in Philippians chapter 4, Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say, rejoice. And all God's people said amen. Right? Always, he says. He goes on in verse 6, he says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And when we do that, when we carry the matter to the Lord... And with thanksgiving and rejoicing in our heart and our spirit, he says, The peace of God which passeth 
all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So don't always live in crisis mode. Another reason why we lose our inner peace is we allow inner conflicts to destroy our inner peace. The prodigal son could not be happy until he was off on his own, experiencing the pleasures of life as he saw them. And after he spent all of his living, and he found himself in a hog pen, he found that happiness was nowhere to be found. We can allow choices, decisions that we make, uh, simple things, very simple things, begin to creep into our life, and we allow this inner conflict. We start having conversations in our head that, never, that are never going to happen. We start playing out every scenario. We, we, we argue with people when they are nowhere to be found. We do this in our inward spirit. We do this in our mind. Paul again said, For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. He goes on, he says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And if one of those three don't get you, a fourth is this. There are conflicts between ourselves and other people that destroy our peace. We get our feelings hurt. We carry a grudge. We have an unforgiving spirit that produces bitterness in our soul. Someone suggested that instead of praying, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. We should pray, forgive me my trespasses as I forgive John Doe for what he has done to me. Can I get an amen? You know, we love 1 John 1, 9. We love that. We'll memorize that verse and we'll quote it. For if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Aren't you thankful for that verse? That we can confess it and we can get it right with the Lord. But do you realize that Jesus, when preaching on the Sermon on the Mount, he said in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 14 and 15, For if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if ye forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. How can we ask for forgiveness when we refuse to forgive? Think about that. Oh God, forgive me for every wrong that I have committed against you. Forgive me for that. But I refuse to forgive Don because of the wrong that he has done for me. How hypocritical is that spirit, right? We allow, we allow conflicts between ourselves and others to destroy our peace. Paul wrote in Ephesians 4 verse 32, And be ye kind one to another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. The fact is, the world, the weakness of our flesh, the wiles of the devils constantly seek to rob us of the peace 
of God. The only thing that makes headlines is things that cause you and I to worry. Right? We watch the news and it stresses us out. We, we get our, our anxiety level raises, our concern raises. All of those things seek to rob us of the peace of God. And once we begin to lose that peace, we begin to fret and we begin to worry. We'll worry because we're hurt, all right? Sometimes we hurt because of the loss of something or the loss of someone. Even more often, we, we worry about what we could lose or about something we wanted so badly, but it ne- never materialized. We, we wanted it, we prayed for it, we asked God for it, we sought it, and it just never happened. And we'll allow that to cause us such a level of concern that we worry about those things. We, we worry about things that are beyond our control, such as the weather, right? I mean, why do we worry about the weather? What are we going to do about it? There's nothing we can do about it. You just accept it and move on. We worry about the economy, all right? I mean, if you want to help the economy, go spend some money. All right, but that's all you can do. I mean, we have we really have no control over what the other 300 and something million people do or those in Washington have to do with it. We 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 worry and we stress over that. We we worry about people's choices, the things that they make or uh, the decisions that they make or they could make. That that is on them. We can't control them. I can't control what Eddie's going to do. I can pray for him, but that's up to him, right? We, we worry about things that are beyond our control. We worry about our own limitations. And the truth is, every Hall of Fame athlete one day reaches a point when he can no longer perform at the level he is used to. One day, Tom Brady is going to have to retire. One day, it'll, it's, it's going to have to happen. It'll happen. Uh, that, that, that particular subject bothers me when, when I can't do what my mind says I can do and, or I just can't do what I used to. I'm wiser now, but I'm not as strong as I used to be. All right? A lot of nod, my head nods there. Okay? We, 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 a lot of times, we worry about our limitations what we can do, what we can do. But our body, our mind, our health has its limitations. We have to accept that. We worry sometimes because we are too self-absorbed. All right? We're, we're, all we can think about is ourselves, our problem, our situation. Uh, nobody cares about me. Uh, nobody calls me. Uh, nobody thinks about me. We get so self-absorbed in that situation. And a lot of times, that's what leads us to depression. That's what drags us down. Because we can't think of anything else except for what is wrong. And that, that, that we worry about that. And it just, it just makes the situation uh, that much worse. Arnold Bennett said, The best cure for worry is to go deliberately forth and try to lift the gloom off somebody else. All right? So when you're, when, you're, when you're down in the dumps, 
Find somebody else who's down in the dumps. And don't play your violin together. All right? Because that's not going to help you. Seek to be an encouragement and a help to them. And a lot of times, and we've all said this at some point in time, I went to be a blessing, and it turns out I was the one that was blessed. Right? Go to be a blessing to someone. Don't, don't sit around and play your sad song together. That never helps. If we, if we worry, and I pour my worries, and you pour your worries on me, we just worries. Okay? I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, consider someone else and try to lift the gloom off of them. We worry because we're at war with our own conscience. We face decisions we dare not make, and here calls the duty we will not answer. And Jesus said in Matthew 6, 24, and he rightly said, No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So it helps us to heed Joshua's advice. Choose you this day whom you'll serve, and do it every day. So there are, there are a lot of reasons tonight that we can that we can worry, or find reasons to worry. Uh, but in closing tonight, I wanted to offer us two ways that Jesus gives us to change our focus. And I want, to I want you to turn your Bible to Matthew chapter 6. And while you're doing that, I want you to remember these verses that the Lord gives us in Romans chapter 8 that we read tonight. For all things work together for good to them that love God. Are you with me? Remember that. Claim that. Remember Romans 8, verse 31. If God be for us, who can be against us? If God's on our side, what, what are we? Let, let's do our best not to worry about it. And then Philippians 4, 19, I'll give you that. That my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God owns it all. God owns it all. God has the ability to take care of it all. And so if he does, and if he's able to meet our need, then let's do the best we can to trust him with it. All right? So in Matthew chapter 6, I, I, I want us to see this first of all. I want to begin in verse number uh, 25. All right? And one way for us to overcome our worries is to remember we're not orphans in this world, okay? We have a heavenly Father who sees all and can sustain all. Look in Matthew chapter 26, verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, Jesus says, Take no thought for your life, what, shall eat, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take your thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed 
like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is cast in the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's hard for our American minds to grasp. That's hard. I'll share with you this in verse 33, something that happened years ago. Uh, we were on, we were, my wife and I were on our church, way to church one night. I don't know if we had kids at this time. We were on our way to church, and uh, we passed by this house, and I saw this really nice Ford pickup truck, and uh, it was pretty sharp. And uh, I tell you what, we did have kids because I used to have a Ford pickup truck because we had kids, and I sold it so I could pay for the kids. Um, so I know we had kids at this time, and it was just a really sharp Ford pickup truck. Looked a lot like Vic's old pickup truck. And I really liked it. And I looked at my wife and I said, do you think God will ever give me a pickup truck like that? And I quoted verse 33. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Right? And she said, Well, if you sought God first, maybe you wouldn't want that pickup truck. And I politely asked her, who asked you? <laughs> I still haven't got that Ford pickup truck. <laughs> oh, I never read verse 33 without thinking of that. We worry, we worry, we worry. We worry about so many things. Let us never forget we're not orphans. We have a Heavenly Father. We have a Heavenly Father that knows every need. And He is well able to provide and to give us the things that we need. And many times He even gives us the things that we want. You know? Because he can. And the other one is verse 34. And that is, he encourages us to live life one day at a time. I'm not saying that thinking about the future and preparing for the future is a bad thing. But a lot of times we borrow worry from tomorrow. We haven't even got there yet. He encourages us to live life one day at a time rather than worrying about what hasn't even come. He says, take therefore no thought for the morrow. For the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. I've got enough to worry about today. You know? I don't know about you, but it seems like I have a new problem every day. 
Something, something will happen tomorrow that I did not expect. It'll come my way. And that happens, it seems like, every day. There's something that we'll deal with, and we'll deal with it. And you'll deal with it, and you'll go on, and then there'll be something else. We must do our best not to borrow worry when we haven't even got there yet, right? Today is enough for us. There's a story told about an, an older gentleman who uh, wanted to live off the grid. And uh, so he began to uh, chop down a tree over uh, the point of wanting to build a log house. And a concerned friend confronted him and he said, Are you sure that this is a wise decision for you to be chopping down trees and building a log house for a man your age? And he said, It would be if I thought of chopping the trees, sawing the logs, skinning the bark, laying out the foundation erecting the walls, and putting on the roof. He says, carrying that load all at once would exhaust me. But it isn't so hard to cut down this one tree. And that is all I have to do today. That's quite a perspective. We're worried about where we're trying to get to. And all of the steps and all the things that we have to deal with in order to get there. But if we worry about what we got to do today, and we do that the best that we can in a way that honors God, glorifies Him, and, 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 and develops and enhances our walk and relationship with the Lord, we're going to get there. We'll get there. And we'll have a lot less anxiety along the way. You know? But we won't. We want it. We're used to, uh, we're used to having it our way. We're used to uh, one-click shopping. Uh, we're used to Chick-fil-A drive throughs Um... We're used to getting things today. Uh, we'll, we'll go, rather than save money, just go get it on credit. Um, we're, we're used to getting what we want now. And the whole time along the way, we're adding worry to ourselves. Because we're not orphans, because God can take care of everything, the, the, the lilies, the fowls of the air, God also tells us He can take care of today. And let's just trust Him with that. So let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. And uh, you can pray there with your spouse.